from West Virginia Public Broadcasting. Support for the legislature today is provided by AARP West Virginia, your ally for real possibilities in the Mountain State. Learn more at aarp.org wv. The Charleston Gazette-Mail, using its CGM app to deliver the latest news, traffic, and weather alerts, keeping you in the know while you're on the go. Lumos Networks, online at lumosnetworks.com. West Virginia University, online at wvu.edu. Orion Strategies, professional public relations, government affairs, creative services, and research and polling, with offices in Charleston, Buchanan, Martinsburg, Pittsburgh, and Columbus. Good evening and welcome to the Legislature Today from the State Capitol Building. We'll focus on the impact of the arts in the Mountain State tonight, but first, senior reporter Dave Mistich joins me at the anchor desk. Uh, Dave, the education bill has passed the House of Delegates, uh, and it wasn't even close, the vote. Tell, it, us, tell us about the vote and, and what's contained in it. Right. So uh, the vote was 71-29, as, as we know by the numbers and the makeup of the House. That means that it's even a lot of Democrats joined with the Republicans to get that that. 71 over there to, to, to clear the bill. I'll run through just very quickly, um, you know, and I'm not gonna go through every step of the way, but where, where the bill is now. Um, of course, there's the 5% pay raise for teachers and school service personnel, um, you know, $2,000 bonus for certified math teachers. Um, there's this $250 tax credit for school supplies that applies now to school service personnel. Uh, there's a thousand year in bonus uh, if teachers and school service personnel are absent of for not more than four days each year. Th there was an amendment yesterday that brought that up from a $500 bonus. Um, of course, there's no education savings accounts, which was a big component of the Senate's version of this bill. Um, teachers would be paid during a work stoppage and can have extracurricular activities, very different from the Senate bill. Um, the reduction in force, a lot of changes to that. Um, county administrators would not be at-will employees, uh, no paycheck protection, no severability clause, and the big one that everyone's talking about, uh, charter schools are capped at two pilots. So and There were lots of remarks uh, this afternoon before that passage. Uh, let's go ahead and take a listen to uh, some of the support from Republicans. For empowering some local control into this bill remains the levy rate setting the local share funding, the local salary supplements. For school choice and flexibility remaining in the bill, magnets, magnet schools, two charter schools, expanded innovation zones, and open enrollment. Those things, my friends, are serious and, and important ingredients for school reform in West Virginia. Five or six years ago, I did some town halls with teachers, and they said, you know, we need more support grades kindergarten through about four just to, just to help with the problem of this drug issues that we've got going on. I turned all those reports in from all those town halls for the last three or four years to the chairman of education, to the department of education. 
But in this bill today, we have finally addressed that. We have addressed that big time. I, I knew, and you all know, there's no perfect bill, and we didn't come up with a perfect bill. We didn't come out with a bad bill either. What I feel is important, we came out with a fair bill. We're coming out with something that's fair. There's give and take on two sides. I don't care what relationship we're in. Work, family, uh, friendships, anything you have, we're not going to get it all. And we're not going to give all, but we've got to figure out how we're going to make it work. That's what our public teachers taught us to do. Take a problem and solve it. And I'd like to draw the body's attention to another bill that relates very generally to one topic, but it's the one that we pass every single year. That's the budget. The budget relates generally to spending the funds of the taxpayer, generally. And in it, there are thousands of line items. There are thousands of projects funded. In it, there are things that have very disparate meanings, that have disparate aims, but it all relates generally to spending the money of the taxpayer. So to call this bill unconstitutional doesn't pass muster for me. But Dave, we also heard uh, Democrats and almost begrudgingly giving their support to this bill. Some of them, yeah. But I mean, there were a lot that stood in, in very strong support of this bill that said that they had worked it as much as they could, that they had, they had whittled this bill down from what had come over to the Senate. They didn't like it in its original form from the Senate. And, but, you know, again, there were some others that were uneasy. We'll take a look at some of the Democrats from the House of Delegates and their position on Senate Bill 451 as it cleared today. I will not deny the students protection that they so need in the schools that we have voted to put in the school. I'm going to vote for this bill only for that factor that we need to protect the students. We did take a lot of things out as far as at will employees. The pilot program for charter schools, I believe, and I'm going to trust our counties, that they will never implement them unless it becomes an extreme emergency because we need to keep the funding in our schools, give the innovation ideas, let the teachers do what they do, give them some respect and let them do what they do in the schools. We have done some really good work on this bill in the last week and a half, uh, in the Education Committee, in the Finance Committee, and here on the floor. We have taken a bill that came over to us from the Senate as an unwieldy monstrosity, and we have turned it into a workable piece of legislation. That's exactly what we were all sent here to do, and all of us helped in that. Uh, there are still a couple of things in this bill that I don't like, but there's much more in it that is good for us. When I looked at the vote last night on the amendment that expanded charter schools from two to five, it went down overwhelmingly, 59 to 40. And I have confidence in this, in this House that we're gonna hold our position, that we're gonna pass this bill today to do a lot of good things for public education in West Virginia. And if the Senate sends us back another Christmas tree with a bunch of ugly ornaments, we're going to shut it down. This bill does a lot of good. I have heartburn, frankly, over the levy and over the charter schools, but, but, but those two issues, me personally, I think it's a good bill. Problem is Senate Bill 451, the way it came across, got a bad reputation right out of the chute. And now we're having to sit here and clean it up, and there's misconceptions out there throughout the general public of what is in this bill and what is not in this bill, because that's just what happens. 
Uh, it's been my experience down here, when you get a bad bill with a bad reputation, you're better to trash it and start a new one another one. And if we would have had the House process do that, minus you know, the charter school position, I think everybody in the state probably be jumping up and down and say pass this piece of legislation. But there were certainly plenty of Democrats that continued to speak against the, the bill and voted against it. That's right. You know, we, we've heard all along that charter schools is one of those provisions that just doesn't stick with a lot of Democrats over there. Sean Fluharty, um, you know, being one of them. Cody Thompson, who's a teacher. Uh, we also heard from Ed Evans, who's a teacher as well. Um, you know, that's the big, the big hang up for a lot of these, these Democrats. And, and I think, uh, you know, based on what I understand is, is that they, it, they, they feel like it's too open-ended, that this could go anywhere. They just don't like the concept at all. But we'll take a look at what some of those uh, folks in the House, some of those delegates had to say about charter schools and some of the various other hangups on Senate Bill 451. So there's no chance I'm taking the bait on this bill today. I know a lot of people are waffling around now, say, oh, we made it better. And I will give our education committee credit. You took a pile of garbage, and you know, it doesn't smell so bad anymore. I'll give you some credit for that. But I know what's going to happen next, guys. I'm not falling for the tricks, and I'm not taking the bait. Because what will happen next is the Senate will reject this. We know that's going to happen. Your names are going to be on the record voting for it, thinking it was a great bill. The Senate rejects. We go into conferees. We handpick a couple legislators to make the decisions for us. And then we're stuck with a pile of garbage again. The teachers of this state, the service personnel of this state, have overwhelmingly said, we do not want charter schools. Do not try to bribe us. We don't want it. I have a problem with passing legislation that directly affects an occupation where people say they don't want part of that legislation. But what it really comes down to is I've got to be able to sleep with my vote. I told the teachers that I would not vote for charter schools. I don't know how this how this two charter school thing will work, you know, with the teachers having to vote themselves out of a job because that's what they got to do if they vote for it. 50% plus one would have to say yes. And then what happens to them? I asked that uh, question in committee, really never got an answer, got talked around, but I never really got an answer to it. This bill is a Christmas tree. There are all kinds of ornaments on it. And there's something in the shiny brightness of it that everybody will love. One thing or two things. That's the reason you don't want single, you don't want to violate the single purpose requirement of the Constitution because of the Christmas tree effect that you get. So the size of the bill not only changes the nature of it and how it's presented to us, I'm presented today with a very difficult vote, and it's because of the size of the bill. And Dave, some of the arguments that uh, the Democrats used to, to say that they weren't voting for the bill, the Republicans, three Republicans used those as well. They, they voted against it. We only heard from one. Um, but Delegate uh, Tony Painter, Delegate Jim Butler, and Delegate Pat McGeehan, all Republicans, all voted against this bill. We'll take a quick look at what uh, Delegate McGeehan had to say about Senate Bill 451 and some of the hangups he had with this piece of legislation. I think the right course of action is to debate these different issues 
by a case-by-case basis because there's a lot of good in this bill and there's a lot of things I disagree with and the same could be said for all of you probably right and so the single object provision that was stuck in our state constitution was put there precisely to preclude and prevent situations that we are now facing where we have to struggle and weigh you know between some sort of greater good or picking between the lesser of two evils that's what it's there for and again, that uh, it, it passed 71 to 29, right. but it still has a far way to go. And you did, uh, you did speak to the Senate president right afterwards. That's right. And one of the things that I need to point out before we go to this clip of Senate President Mitch Carmichael is that all along throughout this process, teachers have said they don't care about pay raises if charter schools are in, that, or in the bill, if this provision or that section or this article is in the bill. You know, and, and that all along, they, they've seemed to be like, very steadfast in that position. Uh, I asked Senate President Mitch Carmichael about, you know, the promises of teacher pay raises and the, some of the problems that teachers have with some of the other aspects of the bill. And here's how he responded to some of the teachers' positions on this. The union boss is saying, we don't want a pay raise because maybe someday in the future, there might possibly be a charter school if the community wants it. And, and so the people of West Virginia are just looking at that and saying, wait a second, you've got a guaranteed pay raise, payment for your sick days, tax credits for your expenditures, all of these great things. And then over here, you're opposed to the potential of maybe one day, if the community authorizes it, there might be an option for parents. And so people just on, their, on its face say, this is not it doesn't make sense. And so we are convinced, listen, we're convinced at the end of the day, we're going to do what we believe is right for the students, parents, and teachers of our state. That's the most important constituency. So uh, Suzanne, you know, at, at this point, um, you know, the, the Senate will receive the House's message. Um, you know, they can either concur or reject that, send it to conference. Um, they could also amend the bill and send it back over to the House. There's a lot of different things that are at play here, but likely what's going to happen is we're going to see conferees from both the House and Senate hash out the differences between the two versions of the bill, and that may take some time, but that's what we're looking at. Terrific. Thanks so much, Dave. Thank you. It's Arts Day here at the Capitol, and in just a moment, we'll speak with the curator of the West Virginia Department of Arts, Culture, and History. But first, as Randy always shows us, politics and debate can take a short break for painting, dance, and Mountain State music. I'm a member of Allied Artists of West Virginia, and I'm here today because it's Art Day at the legislature, and we get to come and have fun with art. It is not often in the upper house and Senate rotundas that you can find this much artistic creativity on display. From inking your own West Virginia stamp, to dancing and making music, even if it is chopsticks, on a giant interactive keyboard. Arts Day incorporates it all. Going back to the 1930s, Charleston-based Allied Artist of West Virginia is the state's longest serving arts organization. While distributing local artists' works creatively cut into bookmarks, 
One allied member charted the evolution of West Virginia visual art. Over the years, art has changed from watercolor to oil colors. And in the 70s, I can remember that heated discussion about acrylic paint. Was that really art if you created it with acrylic paint? And then today, there's discussions on uh, computer-generated art. West Virginia's First Lady, Kathy Justice, continued an artistic tradition. She gave the Valentine's Day debut of the limited edition 2019 First Lady Blanco Glass piece. The artistic displays and discussion at the Capitol covered a diverse array of timber and talent. A major goal for this year for West Virginia Arts is to ensure access, inclusion, diversity, and equity in the arts. They really want to focus on our underserved population, at-risk youth, our aging folks, people with disabilities, veterans, many more that really need to experience and get involved in West Virginia arts. Well, because it's so important, especially in this day and age where it's harder to um, find schools that can afford to bring this stuff in themselves, so it's up to the arts groups to try to bring it in for them. Home based in Wayne County, West Virginia's Coalfield Development Corporation uses computer and hand-generated art, among other vital components, all to retrain people from a region where coal is no longer the economic king. Some of our social enterprises, including woodworking, but also um, sustainable apparel manufacturing, involve a lot of art, including graphic design. Some of Megan Tate's works are on display here. With Coalfield Development help, the Big Ugly Creek Coal Town dropout returned to college will graduate with honors with their art now praised rather than persecuted. They encouraged me to just do, do whatever I wanted. I'd never had anybody actually like my artwork before or even buy it and like that, that first sale was exciting and then on top of that everybody was saying how great I was and just encouraging me to continue with my writing and art and everything that it, it just helped motivate me to continue on. From little musical combos to big high school marching bands, a musical backdrop today at the Capitol for conversation, creativity, and meeting the challenge of enriching all of West Virginia and its peoples through the arts. For the Legislature Today, I'm Randy Yowie. Joining me now is the curator of the West Virginia Department of Arts, Culture, and History, Mr. Randall Reed-Smith, and a special guest this evening, uh, Ms. Sheila Fiendler. Am I saying? Not even Fiendler. That's okay. Not even close. <laughs> but you are from the uh, VH1 Save, Save, Save the, the Music, Music Foundation. Foundation. And this has been a long uh, collaborative with West Virginia. We have, uh, we, we have the VH1. Uh, we did the Save VH1 the music. Save the Music Foundation grant. We're in our ninth year. We're in 85 West Virginia middle schools in all 55 counties. $2,975,000 worth of instruments. We're, we, uh, by August 1st, we'll have 93 packages. And by next August 1st, we'll have 101, which makes it $3,255,000 worth of free instruments in all 55 counties. 3,893 instruments. Incredible. And you are here today helping us celebrate Arts Day at the Capitol. Absolutely. So we are the uh, na na uh, nationwide not-for-profit organization that's, that was founded in 1997. We're in 42 states, 261 communities, but West Virginia is the only state that we are doing the statewide rebuild. So as Commissioner said, we are in all 55 counties, and we do this because of the statewide commitment to the arts. 
and to the education. And this is why we're here at, really as a small part to really kind of be a cheerleader to great? be in that advocacy. <laughs> that's, that's really, really impressive. And what have you seen firsthand, uh, Curator, when you go into the, the elementary schools, the high schools that have received these instruments, that have um, had these programs bolstered? I see opportunity. You know, you can have a great teacher, but if that teacher doesn't have instruments to put on those kids' heads, and the instruments have to be good quality, or it's discouraging for the kids. And you know, the arts, especially music, is the only pure academic. Everything else like English, science, math history, those are purely electives, because the arts are in all of those. And you see that from all these instruments that infuse into their education in other subjects. And I know that uh, we have talked, and you have said that this legislature has been very responsive, very uh, supportive of your efforts, the efforts of the department. Uh, talk a little bit about that, and, and what is your message and request of the legislature this session? Well, the most important thing is I want to say thank you, because as you know, last year they were looking at the bill to eliminate education in the arts, and all they did was put education over education, and then the governor with the legislature created the Department of Arts. The governor said, he was, he was adamant, we must have a Department of the Arts, created arts, culture, and history. Through that, we saved $2,610,025 and we did not cut one program or one dollar. And what's really important is that the governor and the legislature gave us 20% more funding for our competitive arts fund, for our historic preservation uh, development grant, which went to basically arts organizations, and they increased our budget for education programs into the state. So it's a win, 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 win. There are so many programs and, and uh, efforts that are supported, or sponsored, uh, implemented under uh, this very large department. Um, one of them, let's just continue with this theme of focusing on youth, focusing on children and education. Uh, you've spoken about the Communities in School initiative that our First Lady has championed, and now there is a collaborative with VH1. With VH1, we pick out the schools in the counties where we're working with communities and schools and we'll put instruments in those schools that will help kids you know the idea is to make sure they encourage them to finish school give them a reason to be in school uh, it's an amazing program and of course the first lady is the greatest cheerleader for the communities and schools and for what we do at the arts uh, well let me ask uh, Ms. Fienler have you been to our schools have you Absolutely. have you <laughs> I, I mean 20 I think I've been to 25 counties out of 55 counties in West Virginia and and what are your impressions what do you want to share with we, us we've been just so impressed with the quality of teaching and quality of students in every school in West Virginia. I have been to so many schools all across the country and West Virginia sets a kind of a higher bar there. And really the passion that these kids have, and we're really hoping to spread that passion to other schools that may not have those instruments yet. So we'll really be um, so happy to be part of it. And, and on that, we made a PSA with the First Lady for their board meeting, their last board meeting. And what we got back from VH1 was the board said to Chiho, how do we replicate West Virginia in every state? What do you think children uh, gain by a, a really strong music education? It isn't just icing on the cake, Absolutely. it's really fundamental. Absolutely, so we as the VH1 Save the Music Foundation believe that every child has a right to make music in public school setting. And you know, it's really the passion that these kids find. And of course, there are so many researches are done that prove the higher test scores to higher attendance to whatever, because if the, the students have a, the reason 
reason to come to school, then they would have to do those other elective classes, like math and English and classes. That anyway. was a joke, by the way. <laughs> no. uh, but you know, really have those disciplines and, and such. We're not here to create next generation of the, the rock star. We're really here to create the next generation of students who will really become a good citizen that goes through the public the school system. And we know that a good, strong music education is uh, it, it just bo boisters. Um, a, a child's math skills, uh, you know, the higher learning skills. Absolutely. If you can master yes. music, that, that bolsters that. Now, we only have a moment, so you wrap up with a final message today about arts, about VH1, Save the Music, the legislature. Well, what's great about our new department, it's all the arts, music, uh, fine arts, performing arts, literary arts, media arts. We promote arts for everybody and everyone, and we're just so grateful to the legislators, to the governor. And so West Virginia is a great place. Celebrate the arts. We celebrated it all day. You sure did, and we enjoyed it. Thank you both for being Thank here you, tonight. Thank you, Suzanne. What a great Thank job. Thank you so much. <laughs> we close our show on this Arts Day and Valentine's Day with music from the Appalachian Children's Chorus with special guest, Mountain Stage host, Larry Gross. Interspersed in their, in their version of Mountain Lullaby are some of the winning entries in the Valentine's to West Virginia contest. That was a statewide contest among sixth graders. Enjoy. I'm Suzanne Higgins for everyone here at West Virginia Public Broadcasting. Thanks for joining us. Have a great evening. <laughs>